0: Welcome to New Week, New Music, reviewing the hottest tracks, with the hottest takes, of 2020. My name is Brandon.
1: I'm Eric. And I'm Ben. Each week, we're looking at two albums released in 2020.
0: Tonight, we're kicking things off with Jesse Ware's What's Your Pleasure. And we'll conclude with No Dream, by Jeff Rosenstock. So I have to ask, is this technically a J-pop episode? No one. Got it. Uh, I didn't <laughs> no contemplate right. that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: just too early Jess, for this shit. Right. Yeah,
2: it is. Uh, I thought I was funny, but I guess. No, it's I funny. Don't. I'm just not smart enough.
0: I think. Fast enough.
1: <laughs> I was I, there like, oh, my God, are one right. of these guys Japanese and I didn't notice.
0: <laughs> that would just immediately ruin all of our credibility that we don't have to begin with. <laughs> oh so yeah. anyway um jesse so jesse where Ware. yeah so this album has you guys been think? getting a ton of hype and like Brilliant. it's one of the highest yeah it's one of the highest rated albums of the year so far from a few different websites yep and with that being said i'm really hoping one of you guys like this album so you can explain to me what the hell all the hype's about
2: i did like the album um but at the same time, I think the hype is a little too much. But I definitely understand why people liked it. And I did like so it a good amount
1: myself. To me, I, it's like he's, she's got the 80s thing going on. And it sounds... Yeah, I'm going to compare it to the other kind of 80s sounding thing we we listen to. It sounds a lot more authentic than Dua Lipa, but just way I, less
0: interesting. I extremely disagree on the first part, but definitely agree on the second part. This is... This to me was just a very boring album to me. I th- honestly, I think this album is OK at best. Mm, I, th- I noticed a lot of things I thought were done very well with this album. I mean, and it's I, done well. I'll give it that
1: it definitely it, ha- it has the same kind of problem for me that like Danzig did and stuff. And it's like and it, this is way better than Danzig. Don't get me wrong. Oh, but yeah. but it's like a, I mean, it sounds very 80s. And it's just like, but I don't know that I want to listen to an hour of very, very 80s throwback music.
0: Yeah, that was it for me. Like, I enjoyed, like, you know, the throwbacks to, like, the 70s and 80s, um, uh, 70s and 80s pop music. But by the third song, I was like, all right, Jesus, Jesse, I get it. You love share, stop. Like, do something different. Like, it's just the same thing to me for almost an hour. And... I was bored 10 minutes into it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the 80s is the central, or one of the
2: central themes of this album, but here's why I think this album succeeds. I think, for one, the 80s stuff sounds really good. It's done well. It's, it is backward-looking, but backward-looking in a good way. It's done more precisely and with more intention, and I think with more thought than... Most of the '80s, you know, dance stuff and '70s disco that I've heard, the Weekend, I and it's, you know god, it takes the shit out of the weekend, absolutely. But um, I thought it was just that part of it was done extremely well. I thought, and the second part is, I think the album is creative and forward-thinking enough in the other areas that it doesn't simply fall back on '80s throwbacks as a crutch. I think the other elements of the songwriting were creative enough to
0: not fall into that trap. Like, I get what you're saying, but. To me, it just wasn't an interesting album. It kind of reminds me
1: of uh, when. Oh, and we talked about them, too, and now I'm blanking on the name, but. uh, The Zeppelin guys. Oh, uh, Greta Van
0: Fleet. Yeah, it reminds
1: me of kind of when Greta Van Fleet came out, when like that got a ton of hype for a little bit because people were just thrilled to hear something that sounds so retro and kind of like the music they love, but Mm. it it gets old. And and I'm not saying this is, I mean, this is not nearly as bad of a ripoff as Greta Van Fleet. I mean, this is, I'm sounding 80s, not I'm sounding identical to another band. But I've used a lot of comparisons and examples, and I don't think that's necessarily fair, because this is better than every example I've compared it to. It's. But But it has hints of that where... It's if you're going to be very purely 80s, it's going to it's going to run out of hype for me pretty fast because it's going to get old. Yeah. And I will say this, like
2: I've never listened to any of her other music, but if she produces two or three more albums that sound like this, yeah, I will totally be in your boat. I will be Mm -hmm. sick and tired of it. But I think for this one, um, I don't think it's too much here. I do think the album is a little longer than it should have been. know it comes in about 53 minutes i think something in the 40 minute range would have been a lot better for this i think she probably could have not included a couple of these songs because it does get a little repetitive um kind of trends that line between continuity and redundancy and it may slip over into redundancy but i don't know i really enjoyed the atmosphere of this album i mean i totally get why you guys didn't i think um that's a very understandable take but i really got roped into this album and just kind of the dark atmosphere that it created and i thought she did a really good job of creating and maintaining a consistent feeling to the album so it's kind of a taste thing but but i liked kind of the the darkness and the and the really i got
0: absolutely no darkness on this album i really Honestly, I don't even know where you're getting that from. That's surprising, right. Matt. This is a very dark album. What See, do you think? It's Eric? just a—it's <laughs> just a gray blob with a lot of hairspray on it. I don't really? know. They listen to
1: the <laughs> lyrics deeply enough to comment on them. I'm not even talking about the lyrics. I'm just talking about the- like sonically dark. The sonically dark. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's—it's it's
1: maybe I, dark I in the traditional. I don't. I don't there. think
0: it's... I didn't get any sense of darkness from here. And kind of bringing it back to like the comparisons we made like with The Weeknd, Dua Lipa. Like, honestly, I think this album's worse than both those. I mean, obviously, I loved Dua Lipa, so that probably doesn't come yeah. as a surprise to But I honestly, I'd, I'd take The Weeknd over this.
1: Oh, really? No. So I, oh, I, wow. I, I put this below Dua Lipa because I, I thought Dua Lipa did... This same thing, but blended like 2020 elements into it, which I really thought was cool compared to like doing pure 80s. But the weekend was way worse than this. This is my favorite album of, of those, but um, for me, the weekend's way down. See, I, I don't think that's a terrible take, though, Ben, because because I think Brandon and I have continually keep saying, you know, it's it's super. It, to me, it sounds super authentically 80s. Yeah. And if you're if you're into that more than you are into like the, the 80s, 2000s blend that Dua Lipa gave us. or But I mean, but it was executed very well. We, I mean, yeah. we should be clear about that. Mm-hmm. What she's yes. trying to do here, she does a very good job of. Yeah, I think yes. it comes down to, to taste, you know, um, a
2: little more. And I'm not even, I don't even like 80s dance music, but I thought this did it in a way that is more attuned to what I like. It was more layered. It was more interesting sonically. Um and so I, I think I just responded well to, to the atmospheric qualities of it. It's very sensual music. It's very kind of meditative and mesmerizing. Like, like you could dance to this, but you could also just sit down and listen to it. I feel like there's a ton of different ways to enjoy this album, and there's no one right or wrong way.
0: Yeah, I will say, um, just kind of once again echoing what you guys are saying, uh, this wasn't, was a very well done album. So I do want to take some time to compliment it. Um, she does have a great voice. It's, I think it's produced well for what she's going for. I could see this beat, like some of these songs playing during like uh, a romantic scene from like an 80s teen movie or something like that. Like it, I think it fits pretty perfectly kind of like what she was going for. Yeah.
2: yeah. But
0: yeah. it does that one very specific thing the entire time yeah. for 53 minutes and does right. not let up at all and yeah. does not vary at all. So if you don't love that, right. you're going to be very bored by the end of the sound. No, you're totally
2: right. I mean, it's it, it does not change the tone. Like, that's one thing that the Dua Lipa album definitely did better than this one was the variety and the diversity of sounds. This one is very it's like, I've got this formula. It's a great formula. Sounds good, but I'm not going to vary from it for fifty-three minutes. So I yeah, definitely I was, get where you're coming from.
1: I thought it was interesting too that to me the first track had a really rough mix. Like I had a hard time hearing the voice, and I thought like a lot of the interesting elements were very buried. And so I was I was listening to this I was like oh this is going to be rough. And then everything else sounded good to me though. So I, I did yeah. not like the production on Spotlight for whatever reason, but I thought the rest of the album sounded pretty good and. I mean, it it sounds 80s, but when you're trying to sound 80s, that's a compliment, right? The production (laughs) kind of nailed it. The sounds are right. It it gives you that vibe. You know, like you could hear this playing at like a roller rink or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, this playing at skate country.
1: Skate
2: country. The other
1: thing I did want to touch on was um, when we did the Kanye
2: episode, we talked about Watch the Throne being like, what would an album look like if it was just straight bangers? Like, not necessarily much thematic or or um, or conceptual depth but just straight bangers and i do kind of think this album falls in a similar category like every single song on this album i thought was really good i don't know if any song stood out Mm -hmm. from others i thought i just thought you got 12 like really
0: solid 80s throwbacks with a little bit of modern stuff thrown in um which is great but (gasps) I will agree with you, Ben, that this is kind of an album of just nothing but bangers, except none of the songs are actually bangers.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I use the word <laughs> "bangers" is not the right word because they're not bangers per se, but I use it in the sense that but, they're all. Just like really, I knew it should be It's like it's
0: just trying to be like you know hit single after hit single after hit single after hit single. There's no, or I don't right. say no cohesion. I mean, there's um, there's, a there's ton of cohesion obviously the because they're all
2: theme. There's like, almost too much cohesion because they're they're a little too similar, but. That's kind of what I got. Like, every song's really good at what it's trying to do. Um, It does kind of bring the the quality down a little bit because, you know, if you're not not striving for that really high bar of creative um, just brilliance or or, um, conceptual uh, goals, you know, it's not a super lofty album. You know, it nails what it's trying to do, but I can't rate this as high as some other stuff
1: for that reason. Yeah, I I agree with that. And it didn't it didn't end up like going really low or anything like that for me, but it just ends up being kind of middling.
0: This album is Homies with Young Lean right now for me. Did we listen to Young Lean? (laughs) Oh, we did. (laughs) And we reviewed him, Eric.
2: (laughs)
1: Why did we do that? (laughs) Oh, we all kind of like Young Lean. Yeah, I think we all did.
2: Well, fairly warm toward it. Now, this [SSSS2] one's still Uh, going pretty high for me. Um, I don't know how high it's going to end up going, but it's definitely Definitely toward the top of my list.
0: This is going to be towards the bottom of like the middle category for me. Like it's not quite in the the bad area, but this is this is going to be kind of similar similar to uh, Pine Grove and as far as an album that I do think was done well that I just did not like at all.
1: Yeah, this one ended up just. I mean, it might be my middle album right now. <laughs> I'd have to count, but. It's super, super middle for me because, yeah, I mean, it's done really well. It accomplishes what it wants to accomplish, but it just wasn't exactly to my taste, which I think is probably the takeaway from this one. It's a very well done niche album. If it's to your taste, you're going to really like it. If it's not to your taste, well, it doesn't do anything varied enough to rope to in a broader be interesting, audience.
0: So take right. a pass on this one. I think everyone should still check it out.
1: I mean, yeah, I didn't you know, listen think to I, a track or yeah. two. And if exactly. you like it,
0: you're yeah. going to like the album. If
1: you yeah, don't, yeah, I would listen to it the all.
0: first three songs, and if you like them, keep listening. If after the first three songs you still don't like it, you can just turn it off because that's what the whole rest of the album is going to be. Yep. But yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely out of things to say. Yeah, I, same here. I think that I didn't get the hype. I even after listening to Ben, who liked it, I still don't really understand it. But I'm. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and I'm glad people are enjoying it. But uh, yeah, any any last words from you guys?
2: No, I'm, that's all I have to say,
0: really. Yeah, that's that's about it. All right, wow. so that takes us to our next album with uh, Jeff Rosenstock's "No Dream." And so I was introduced to Jeff Rosenstock earlier this year. Actually, um, I was listening to one of my favorite albums from last year. Uh, which was also a punk, pop punk album by a band called Pup uh, albums called Morbid Stuff. And, uh, his, and Jeff Rosenstock's 2016 album worry was recommended to me by Spotify. And so I listened to, to worry and it kind of immediately became like one of my favorite, like pop punk albums I'd heard in a very long time. I, th- I thought it was just an absolutely great album. So I was really excited to hear uh, his new album, and I will say I did like this album, but it falls into the same category with like a Freddie Gibbs did in the sense that it's an enjoyable album, but Jeff Rosenstock has much better music of this style. So I would not recommend this album
2: well, if that's the case, then I'd better check out shit ton of Jeff Rosenstock because I really, really like this album. Oh, I'm surprised to hear that. I am too, because I'll tell you this, like, pop punk is not generally my cup of tea. And, I, you know, I know this album's been getting really good reviews. And so I was a little apprehensive. I didn't know what I would think. And I turn on the first song and it just kind of seems like pretty generic, just loud pop punk. And it's only a minute long track. I'm like, oh, I'm probably not gonna like this very much. Then we get into Nike's, and all of a sudden, he just throws like this big wave of right. layering and tonal shifts and just yeah. really yeah, emotional music. I'm like, holy shit, where did that That's come crazy. from? And that, it continues through the rest of the yeah. album of just really, I don't know, this was one of the most emotional albums I think I've listened to this whole year. Um, I don't know, it just conjures up so much different stuff. Every song is a journey, kind of. You know, they all start kind of lighthearted, and then as the songs progress, they just build to something totally new that you couldn't have foreseen from the first 30 seconds of the song. And this album wrote me in after that and didn't let me go until the end.
1: I think uh, the Airbnb song is like the funniest shit I've heard all year.
0: (laughs) 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 That, yeah. Yeah. That, like, the Airbnb song is right up there with, like, uh, Dragon Ball Do-rag is just one of the funniest songs.
1: Yeah, I, I, and so I think that, that brings me kind of to my opinion on this, which I, I like this album as well. I, I wouldn't say, like, I loved it or anything, but I was definitely in the positive camp on this one. Um, it leaned a little bit more punk than pop, I think. And when I'm listening to pop punk, I'm I think I like it a little bit closer to, like, Early Blink 182, where it's a little bit cleaner, a little bit poppier, and a little bit funnier, I think. But that is 100% a taste thing because Mm -hmm. this album is really well done. He just leaned more into the pop side than the punks, or more into the punk side than the pop side, which isn't to my particular taste, but it was really well done Mm -hmm. and I liked it.
0: I am curious that you feel that way because I constantly go back and forth. I'm like, what side on the spectrum does he prefer of like, does he lean more to the pop? Does he lean more to the punk? And I think he actually does a really good job of kind of going back and forth between the two.
2: Yeah, I definitely, I think what Eric is touching on is, and I kind of feel, I think a similar way. I don't know if it's exactly your take, but like this album, like I I associate kind of pop punk with being more on the, like lighter and angstier side and maybe even whinier side. But this album was so much more, it was raw and angry and raucous. I, I think it was just, it was more, um, it felt more genuine to me. It felt more powerful because of that. And I think it mm-hmm. avoided like all, like some of my pre-existing uh, stereotypes or dislikes about pop punk. I think it really, blew past all those for me and that's why i was able to connect with it so much it is like
0: it is a definite like grown up pop yeah like it's still kind of like complaining about i don't want to say complaining but it's a little whiny about you know social problems like right um but like they're grown up problems it's not like oh she doesn't she doesn't like me she likes my (laughs) friend (laughs) she's not going to prom with me it's not that
2: like it's i mean there was a song in there i'm pretty sure that was about the the locking kids in cages at the border. So I mean it's these are yeah. not light topics, you know. It's the It was very mature. Like, it was very maturely yeah. communicated. And I think
1: like the quintessential oh. pop punk thing to me is off of Blink-182's most recent album which was Hot Garbage Through and Through. Oh god, that was fucking terrible. But they had a 30-second song. I mean literally 30 seconds where it's just pristine production and stuff and they're just playing at like 200 bpm like the same chord for 30 seconds, and he just sings, I want to see a bunch of naked dudes. That's why I built this pool. And that's the entire (laughs) song. And that's like, that's quintessential pop punk to me.
2: Whereas this, this this is
1: is a little heavier than that. And (laughs) and it's really cool because it's and I think like production wise, too, it's a little messy, it's a little punk. Like, it sounds bad, but it sounds bad on purpose. Yeah, I thought that was really like
0: yeah. really, like, dirty guitar sounds.
1: Yeah. It, it it feels punk to me, but, like, it feels like, like a happy dude wrote punk music instead of somebody who's super pissed off all the time, which I think is a valid yeah. take on pop punk. It's just not what I'm used to hearing. Right. Yeah, and I think, you know, that...
2: I mean, uh, there's so much... There's just so much going on in this album, you know? There's... The tonal shifts in his in the way he sings, you know, from the from the happiness to the just rage and anger to sadness. I mean, it's the whole gamut here. And the instrumentation is also I mean, there's so much going on with the instrumentation throughout each and every one of these songs for the most part. I mean, there's there's so much attention. I don't want to say attention to detail, because it, it doesn't feel like a scripted or formulaic album at all. It feels random, but at the same time it feels very carefully planned as well it feels very carefully and intentionally put together despite the chaos of the noise
1: i mean i I think we've talked about intention before a number of times too when it comes to things that maybe don't sound like radio pop like intentionality is the big difference between sounding shitty like but you can tell they did it on purpose and so it's an aesthetic choice versus just they sound shitty those kind of things exactly yeah i mean this this album nails it in that camp it's it doesn't sound like scripted, like like radio pop or something. Just like you're saying, but yeah, it's very. You can tell he's making these moves on purpose.
2: It, yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it.
1: I think too the the back end of this album is just amazing in the sense that, like, the ninth track, "Old Crap." I love the phrase "old crap" used in a song like the word crap in a song and like it works and then either the composition's there and then you have the fucking hilarious Airbnb song and then you get into Monday at the Beach which is what Dune Rats wanted to make Yeah. and then you get into Honeymoon Ashtray which is what Green Day wanted to make.
2: Honeymoon Ashtray was
1: beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) It was like yeah I mean of all the kind of those kind of albums we've heard this year this one is by far the best like
0: Oh yeah, absolutely! Like, and I am surprised that to hear that you guys like this as much as uh, as much as you did. I, I I just I was really not expecting you guys to enjoy this album that much. I wasn't I'm, either.
2: Yeah, I, I'm
0: I'm probably just as surprised as you are. I, I am really happy to hear to hear that you liked it though. But uh, one thing that uh, is really good about this album, and it is uh, true with Jeff Rosenstock's music, music as a whole. Is and like we talked about, like you know how funny Airbnb is, but there's definitely like a tone of like kind of sadness to it. Like, hey, this is your childhood home, and now I'm you know wiping my ass with your sponge. (laughs) There's definitely a bit of sadness to it. Oh yeah, (laughs) and I think that's what uh, one thing that is really great about Jeff Rosenstock's music as a whole, and it is definitely present on this album, is it's like using laughter to kind of deal with how shitty the world is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a theme throughout the whole album. Yeah. And I think it was done better on some of his older albums, like Worry, as I mentioned earlier, and down before that, actually, We Cool. Uh, But it's still really good on this album. And, And really, the only bad things I have to say on this album, for the most part, are it's just not as good as his older stuff so i was a little disappointed by it and i'm not really sure where i'm gonna place this though because i do need to figure out like do i really not like this album all that much or am i just let down because it's not as good as his old music
1: man yeah expectations are such a killer with this kind of thing like Mm -hmm. I i think we've heard that a number of times this year is just like
0: yeah we had, had a whole discussion on, on its own but
1: yeah yeah
0: that, I mean that's except
1: especially Lady Gaga's with,
0: album I don't know if I would say it's fine on its own but no that one is
1: bad <laughs> but like yeah especially with artists with a long career it's, it's sometimes it's tricky to separate an individual work from the whole body and if it's the worst thing he's put out even if it's still a 7 or 8 out of 10 if it's the worst thing he's put out you're still gonna be like I don't know right mm-hmm yeah, yeah I'll the point I will definitely have to have check it out on my list thing.
0: right now. I'm not super duper happy with, but I'm just not sure where I'd put it above it as of right now.
1: Yeah, my my but, list has reached that point where I think I need to sit down and and really go through it again. It's it's getting to the I, point where I'm like, I'm not sure I'm happy about all these placements.
0: Yeah, no, I like I definitely go in waves of like, oh, I'm definitely really happy with it now, and then like I kind of like slack off on it for like a month or so, then I'm like, oh, it's getting ugly again.
1: Usually when I when I can tell for that is I go to rank an album and I'm like, oh, this was definitely better than this album, but it was definitely worse than this album, but that doesn't line up with my list and it's yeah. like, oh, shit, I need to figure it out cuz yeah, I I've had a few moments like that definitely. This one I know this one's going high for me. I don't know
2: how high it's going, but I can say pretty definitively it's going to be closer
1: to the top. It's it's a shoe-in for top half, but I don't know how high it's going to end up.
0: Yeah, I expect this album to be roughly top third by the end of the year for me. I feel like that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. But yeah, it's I I I enjoy it but I would still highly recommend some of his older work before uh, I would recommend this album.
2: I am definitely curious to check out his other stuff. Yeah. Considering you're saying that, I'll, I mean, it's, this is my first, I mean, it's first time I've even listened to pop punk on my own volition and forever. So, um, I mean, I mean since really I was volition. literally a teenager, we, we, we were required <laughs> to listen to it, but yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. So I'll definitely check out his older stuff and I'm,
1: Definitely curious about this guy. Yeah, I mean I would recommend the album. I liked it and I'm not familiar with his older music, so. Yeah. Not I mean it's not for everyone. I know there's people who just will be put off by the style,
0: but yeah, everyone should definitely at least give this one a try. It certainly does not sound like how I'm assuming most people assume pop punk sounds. No, it's it
1: I think more grown-up pop punk is a perfect descriptor.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about all I, I have to say about it. It's it's good. It's definitely a nice refreshing take on the pop punk sound, but so is kinda of Jeff Rosenstock in general. So
1: Yeah, I mean on the plus side it's a really good good album. On the downside, it is pop punk in twenty twenty, so <laughs> you're gonna have to be accepting that, you know. But otherwise, yeah. Well at least it's not, you know it's not uh, doom. Blink one
0: eighty two complaining about how <laughs> they can't go to the prom with the girl they want, even though they're like fifty. <laughs>
1: That's probably why they can't.
2: (laughs) It probably has something to do with it. But, uh, (laughs) pop. Yeah. I mean, I mean the whole pop punk in 2020, this proves that if you have the right, um, drive as an artist, I think you can make any genre work in any time period. And yeah, if you say pop punk album, 2020, like that, I was like, Oh, please. no, we don't need this. But then I listened to it like, shit, he can make this now. He can make this in 20, 20, 10 years from now. I think it would still be really good. It, it just pulls it off so well that it it shattered all my stereotypes and my uh, doubts and
0: fears. Yeah, no um PUP, the band I had mentioned earlier, how I was introduced to them, they're very similar to this where like it's a it's a grown-up pop punk sound. And with Jeff Rosenstock and believe it or not, some Forty One put out a pretty solid album last year, which in twenty nineteen, but really yeah, like I listened to it, like, probably three times because I just could not believe that Sum 41 put out an album in 2019 that didn't completely suck.
2: <laughs> nice. And it's just, like, in disbelief. Just like, there's got to be something shitty there. There's got to be something shitty there.
0: Yeah. Um. So, with those out, with Pup and Sum 41, that kind of, like, broke my, like, preconceived notions. Like, you can't have preconceived notions about a genre as a whole because... Right. People can still do new things with it. People can still make interesting music with it, even if the genre is completely played out. I mean, and even with uh, Jesse uh, Jesse Ware's album, like, it, yeah, that's definitely like you know seventies, eighties, you know, disco fest. But it still sounds
1: pretty good, you know, idea,
0: decent. Though. Even though I didn't really care for the Jesse Ware album, but it, you know, it doesn't sound like how I'd imagine a disco album would sound in twenty twenty.
1: So right. I mean. Pine Grove too that was emo music in a sense you know yeah I mean, granted it's a yeah. blend but still like I would have thought that was going to be hot garbage going into it I mean Pine Grove had some kind of pop punk elements too like I thought or you know indie pop
2: punk definitely yeah, like a pop lot pop
0: punk of- and emo are I'm sure there are people that would crucify me for saying <laughs> this but <laughs> pop punk and emo do God, you don't Time understand hand my pain, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not saying they're the same genre, but like
1: they they got some similarities. Definitely. Yeah, no, it's... It, I mean, yeah, but... Yeah, no, you're completely right. It's it's all about execution and, and authenticity with it. If you bring a really, you know, really authentic songwriting and you bring a high level of performance and execution, it, you can make good music out of just about any genre or style. You just... That's all there is to it yeah be good <laughs> just make <laughs> yeah, good don't music, make guys. a shitty album
0: and it'll sound pretty good <laughs> that easy <laughs> great advice yeah <laughs> uh, I, th- I think we're, we're starting to ramble a little bit oh yes I, I, I do think this was uh, a very good and relevant discussion to go with it so any final words from from you guys no just no. uh listen to this album check it out yeah, yeah for sure and i agree check it out um I would recommend his 2016 album Worry first. I think it's just kind of a better version of this album, but they're both still very good. Um, And that will wrap it up. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Please join us next week where we will be listening to uh, Descendants of Cain by Ka and the posthumous album from Juice World, Legends Never Die. There's no
1: way we get two good posthumous albums this year. I don't think it's gonna happen. I, I, I'm I don't really hope, hoping that I'm pleasantly I surprised.
0: I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, I'm really hoping I'm wrong, but I I don't have high hopes for the Juice World album. Even though I've I have enjoyed some of Juice World's music in the past. I do think actually uh, his feature on the Eminem album was really good. I think that with, with Godzilla I think it was called, I think is the best song off the album. Yeah. But we'll see. I don't want we'll
2: to go back to Eminem but maybe I'll have to do it. That.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back to that album at some point this year. I'm not entirely looking forward to it. But anyway, uh, thank you all very much for listening and uh, join us next week. Have a good night.